be or not to be. Faithless is he that says farewell in the road dark. Do what is meaningful and not as expedient. That is the question. Bros before bros. Welcome to the Pros Before Bros podcast. I'm James Crocker. I'm here with my good friend Kenny Chesser, as always. Kenny, what's good? Which tell what's good. I uh I'm sitting here in my Tennessee orange hoodie and just finished up the regular season. Looks like we're going to a bowl game, do a little bowling in Hypel's first year. That's a good thing, uh, huh? Uh, you know, you know, as a as a homer, as a Tennessee fan, I knew we were gonna be in a bowl. <laughs> I, I knew. I, I knew <laughs> right. But but you know, I'm pleased. I, I, you know, I was pleased with this first season. But what if you're wrong? But what, <laughs> a little callback to the last episode there. As well, a Tennessee fan, you'll know that I've been wrong yes, before. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. I, the one thing, that, another thing that's good that I just want to get this out there. Right now, we're in the middle of a coaching carousel. Oh, it is nation. spinning, man. And it I, is. I feel like we're. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's, again, it's, it feels good to be on the outside looking in. Right, this, exactly. It? But I got to. I got to tread carefully because I know uh, the history and like if the right job. I mean, I. It seemed like from today his comments. It seemed like he was, you know, solidifying his place at least for the here and now. He's still going to be our coach, and I couldn't be more happy. I think he was. He won more yeah. games in a Power Five conference than any first year coach this year. Is that and, right? And. and and oh, I don't, I don't I think know so. that I stat think, for sure. But I do know this. I do know that you know there's a, a little bit of time that passes between when we record these episodes and when they are published. Right. So I really hope this ages well. As a as a Tennessee <laughs> fan, we already know it could change that quick, right? You can see what Oklahoma's going through, and you think, oh man, we were, <sighs> we have been there multiple times in the last ten years. You know, with coaches leaving and transfers and. Oh, and, it's just and, the worst. And our current head coach has a history with right. Oklahoma. So I, I feel like they, they say that that is a bridge that was burnt. That's what I've, Which, you know, what I I've hope, heard. I hope so. Yeah. Know. I feel like he's – he's man, what about Brian Kelly to LSU? Was that not a shocker? Leaving you know, Notre Dame? Not not so much him leaving to me as much as the timing of it. I mean, I mean Notre Dame – and this is turning into a football review podcast, but Notre hey. Dame – has a legitimate chance at being in the playoff. I mean, right. all it takes is is Georgia beating Alabama and then one of the other uh, favored teams to lose their conference championship game, and Notre Dame's in. Right, and Alabama, it's not like used to you'd be like, well, Alabama's going to beat Georgia. I don't – this year, I know – I mean, Georgia can always Georgia. They always, you know, find a way to lose big games. I get that. But I don't think this year is going to happen. I mean, Alabama almost went down to Auburn. This past week, so it is very, uh, it's very weird timing, yeah. you know, when when you think of that. And then you know, we got to be careful what, how much we say here because this this episode may very well publish after all these games have taken place. Oh, that's right. Is is when's the championship? Yeah, uh, this coming up weekend. Ooh, you, you're always thinking about that. I'm not. Like I'm living in the moment. <laughs> I'm like this is this will be you know posted tomorrow. And so, but if I post the episodes out of order, then <laughs> then, then we've already referenced something <laughs> in the last. <laughs> yeah, I got to think about stuff like that. What's funny is like on the KCP, I've got like four episodes, or had like when I come back and, and in my mind, I was like trying to figure out I need to play this one first because I recorded several uh, when we were over there in Poland. So okay, great. Well, we'll look so. What's good right now? Right now, as of this date and time, things are looking good on Rocky Top for where we're at. Well, well, nothing's going to change for us, I would hope. Yeah, yeah. Before this podcast publishes, and if it does, then 
We are who we are. We are who we are. <laughs> We've been there before. We'll make it. We'll survive. I used to joke and say, uh, being a Tennessee fan is like being in a domestic abusive relationship. <laughs> or domestic, you know, just, you know, every time you come back, you know, to the season, you're like, I'm ready to love again. Yeah. Don't hurt me. <laughs> Please don't hurt me. It's almost like, you know, a meme. It's, it's because, you know, I'm ready to be hurt again. Right. You know? that's, that's absolutely, <laughs> no doubt about it. That's, is that an office meme? Ain't it? No doubt about it. I'm ready to be hurt again. Okay. So we're just getting to our books now. Now, I, uh, I'm sorry, I'm taking over hosting. No, no, man, I'll tell you what, why, Kenny, why don't we talk about your book first today? That sounds good. That sounds very different than what we normally do. <laughs> and uh, I am going to talk about a book. I recently, I think I finished this maybe three days ago, three or four days ago. So it's fresh on my mind. It was a large book. And so the scope of it was... Uh, it's what I like to call macro history. I like, I love micro histories. I love biographies. You know me. I, that's right. one of my favorite genres, especially military biographies or founding fathers, presidents, things like that. This is a macro history book and it is sweeping of all of mankind just about. And so the title of the book is Guns, Germs, and Steel by Jared Diamond. And the byline is, let me pull it up real quick. The Faith or the fates of human societies. And so it's 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 an answer to the question why did some societies prevail and why did others uh you know what led to the others downfall. And so that's the premise of the book all all together is is guns, germs and steel. That's basically what determines so the fate that, of societies. So so that that's it. it, it you know guns are going to win it for you, germs are going to kill you. <laughs> It's, it's just it just talks about how those three things obviously there's more than those three things actually right. I think the book could have been titled something slightly different there's at least one other word that I would have thrown in there um, because he spends a lot of time on it but other than that um, that that kind of gives the game away I'll say this um, it, the book starts with him uh, kind of qualifying where he's coming from and writing this book he's basically he was uh, went to New Guinea to discover or not discover to uh, to research birds i think he's a i think his education was uh evolutionary biologist i think that's what jaron diamond was he's some scientist in that field and he went there to study birds and to chronicle them and all that stuff and he was he had some natives that were taking him out to show him the 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 birds um of that of that land and one of them was like okay you know, I guess they kind of got close. Uh, Mr. Diamond seems like a nice guy. It's like, what gives? You know, I'm standing here <laughs> looking at a native New Guinean <laughs> and this man who's studying birds. You know, this guy over here, you know, he's probably just trying to survive, you know, hunter-gatherer type person. And it's like, okay, how, why, why, like, why, why do you have cameras and guns and all these things, all this technology? What, like, and he, that conversation led uh diamond to write this book that was kind of the spark that just sent him down that road to right to, how to, to research how to answer the this. questions why did some societies you know rise when i say that you know I'm, I'm i'm not trying to make a value judgment on on which societies are are better as far as type of people we're talking about progress when progress right. it can be measured by quality of life technology advancement things of that nature you know you've got some society, societies that are putting people on on the moon literally if you believe that thing <laughs> and uh and then you know some societies that are literally you know still uh Stone Age, literally in the Stone Age, when we when, like, like that's our weaponry and how they hunt for food and stuff like that. They're still using those type tools, and so that's his answer to that. And so, um, 
you may go ahead and get into the worth the read and all that well, stuff. So, or so or I, do I do have a couple. Of a I have a couple of questions I'd like to ask. So when you say it's vast and it's sweeping, what what kind of time period are we talking about? Like what range does he cover in this book? The total, uh, the what? How do you say that? The totality of human existence, everything that we know from the earliest man until now. He covers uh, Neanderthals. He covers like uh, Homo erectus. He covers all those, like what set them on this path of, 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 you know, success of how they um, edged out the other um, primates, other, you know, he's got another book called okay. the third chimpanzee. So, so a couple of questions, a couple of questions come. To- yeah. That's <laughs> what it is. It's called the third monkey. <laughs> The third chimpanzee. <laughs> so, I, I'll just tell you what popped into my head just then. This is completely off the rails, yeah, right here. But, but, but a uh, a Veggie Tales silly song just popped into my head <laughs> when you <laughs> Can said you that. Sing it. <laughs> if it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. Oh, okay, okay. That's the name of the song. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> if it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. Yeah. If it doesn't have a tail, is that silly songs? Is Mr. Lunt? Is that uh, it? no? That it's silly songs with Larry. Oh, Larry. Silly okay. songs with Larry. Uh, because as as I don't uh, you know I don't know if all of our podcast listeners know I have a very small infant child now he's right. a little over six months old and he's partial congratulations to- <laughs> <laughs> that's for the collective response of all our listeners just finding this out yes uh, you know and you know his eighteen year old brother and fourteen year old <laughs> sister were glad to have him join the family. <laughs> Spread it out. <laughs> Just you won't you won't company you won't people in your house until you die. <laughs> I, I I remember when uh you know when 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 we announced it and we told all of our friends you know that uh, we were going to have another baby. I remember you specifically sent me a text that said you almost made it out. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like I would send like the the Al Pacino the the, the GIF you know where he's like just when I think I'm out they pull me back in. Um, uh, but anyway, so yeah, <clears throat> questions about um, back on back on the thing. So like when you say that when, when you well first of all how long is this book? It's it's uh I don't know I think the page count was. It's over a thousand. <laughs> I think it was over a thousand pages. I think. Because was, I was going to say, if, if, if when, when you talk about the, the period of time that he covers, if he's going to do any kind of service to each of these time periods, then it, then then it's going to end up being a very lengthy volume. Yeah, it's a long volume, and so, but it's not. I, I, I'll, I'll say more when I get into the worth the read part of it, but yeah, it, it's it's a long book, it's a long volume, and it's very. I wouldn't say academic because it's not it's not so rigid that I mean. It, 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 but it has a lot of. So, so let me ask you this, and this this may not be specific to this book. It could just be your opinion in general. But, but when I read uh, things of this nature that go as far back as you're talking about, when you talk about to the Neanderthals, right? Obviously, there's no written record uh, to coincide with this. So, so how, how do we know that this this is what what happened? Right. Right. Well, they, they know they can definitely say some things happen like these people went extinct, you know, right. so there are some, you know, facts that, that we can ascertain there. Um, you can chronicle their movements, you know, where they set up, why they were successful, like if they were like 
dwelling near sea, you know, where there was a lot of, um, you know, fish that they could, they could fish out of. You could see like if they were in a, in a place that could sustain some agriculture, things of that nature. And so there were some things that you could know about it, but it's true that when you talk about science, when, especially when you're talking about like macro, like evolution and stuff like that, it's not observable. Um, and so when it comes to this, that you have to, and, and one of the themes that he brought out, I thought was pretty clever that I hadn't thought of is like some natural experiments that happen just in that we can observe, um, like kind of like what they can observe with, um, the, uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this word. It's late. I should study. All right. We should, we should do these when this earlier, my mind's working. <laughs> um, but in Australia, the Aborigines, yes. um, like you can see like when, when a, a culture that's left to itself or society that's left to itself, like what happens when they're exposed to new, uh, societies when that interaction you know bumps up each other and so and also you can you can look at some things that just happen like say like on the Easter Island or in Papua New Guinea which is you know right off the coast of Australia um, you start seeing things that are that like you it's it's almost like they're they're in a time capsule and so you can you can literally observe what other societies were doing centuries before and you can see it happening in real time and obviously you can't say that is exactly what that society did but you can make some pretty good guesses because of what you can observe right so so you know that leads to the question are there some things that are always going to happen that's that's part of the book that's part of the book it's like what is inevitable with societies you know like what what are the things that were like by chance what are the things that we know exactly this is the cause of the demise or the success and so uh and then some of it is you know it's in the subtitle the fate of societies which i know it means you know we know what happened to them but also there's an element there um of I don't know if you 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 you've read about or you've you listened to the uh, Blueprints of Armageddon uh, podcast, uh, uh, Dan Carlin, where he talked about the leading up to World War Two or World War One, and um, there were some things that happened on the day that uh, Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated that you list you read the accounting and like there's it's almost like he had to be shot. And you know, it's just the weirdest thing because it's like, man, it's such a monumental thing that happened in history. Why did it seem so, why does history seem so bent on that happening? And so when, when, when you, when you, have the scope that diamond is doing in this book, whatever you look at certain things as inevitable, even though we're talking about, there's some of these people that existed from, let's say like the ancient Egyptians to the Romans. That's actually, you know, we're closer to the Romans and the Romans were to the ancient Egyptians. And that blows my mind. If you think right. about that, yes, you know, cause we think they're probably closer, you know, they're just, you know, couple weeks away from each other, you know, but they're thousands of years away from it. We're actually closer to them. And so when you, when you back out at such a huge scale, you start seeing like, well, what looks inevitable to us, I mean, it still took thousands of years for some people to work it out and get there. And, and then like the question becomes like, would some might not have ever got there? And some obviously didn't because they went extinct or their society, you know, crumbled or went into the annals of, of, of time, uh, or into oblivion. And so does that answer your question? On that, I don't even remember what the... Yeah, yeah. we were just talking about how do we know. Right, The question was was how how do we know when you're talking that far back. Right, yeah. And so I I guess the answer is you don't, like you can't say 100% we know, but there are some some facts that that, that you do know. We do know how that happened, you know, and then when it gets to the why, it's just, you know, conjecture, your best guesses. But you do have some evidence. You know, you can make what you, uh, we used to talk about this, like you can make educated guesses. Yeah. And it's like we know at least this much, so we can rule out certain possibilities. Um, and so let me get to the worth the read. All right. It is not worth the read. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me a thousand pages. Yeah. <laughs> 
I went through it. Well, here's the thing. Like it, it, I, we've talked about this before. It, it becomes a point of pride. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy some of the information. I really did. Um, I didn't enjoy his writing. I don't know what it is. I can't, I really can't articulate it. I was trying to tell a friend the other day, uh, on Goodreads, um, Shout out to Samuel Vaughn. We, 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 apparently we like to read certain uh, similar things. I, I, I check out what he reads. He checks out what I read and, uh, we, we read some similar things. And I was trying to articulate it. I don't think I've had enough time away from the book to articulate exactly what I don't like about how he, he wrote this book, but it's not worth the read to me. Um, I think like there's, I've read large, I've read books to about the same size and about the same subject matter that I enjoyed more. I enjoyed Homo Sapiens by, uh, Yuval Noah Harari better. Um, and he's, he wrote, I wrote, I read, read two of his, uh, his Homo sapiens and 21 lessons from the 21st century. And he's a better writer. And I'm not saying that he makes better cases because I don't agree with all of what Harari says about, you know, the anthropological, um, events and how it happened and why it happened. Harari is very, uh, he's in my opinion, he's very hostile to religion. Um, and, and, and of course you get into those fields, they're not going to be, you know, devout, uh, theologians, obviously. Um, but I, I, it wasn't that though. I don't know exactly what it was. And I, I haven't really found exact, he made some great points. And like I says, the information that he was given, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the information. I didn't enjoy the writing style. I would not read it again. And I don't think I would recommend, um, any of, uh, I definitely wouldn't recommend that you read it and probably, and I, 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 there might be some people out there that would enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it personally. Um, if you just, if, if you're looking for, if like you're going to read one book in your entire life and you want to know the history of mankind and exactly, he does give some pretty, in my opinion, some pretty viable arguments of why societies, um, succeeded and why some of them didn't they were very they were very good um i'm gonna get i'll give you a quote here um before we move on to your book i thought this was an incredible quote and it's called the anna karenin principle anna karenin is a, a novel by leo tolstoy um and he talks about um he uses this to de- describe things that can go wrong in societies and i it was, oh, it was brilliant this is one of those things i won't forget about the the book i got the quote uh, i want to uh, read here in many areas of life um oh man I, I totally messed that up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll quote from memory because I, I didn't. I didn't highlight the right thing. I'll quote from memory what it says. But basically, it says that happy families are usually happy for the same reasons. Like if you got a happy family, um, most happy families are are happy because they do certain things well, or certain th- or certain things are present. Unhappy families are miserable for many different reasons. There's so basically the idea there's different reasons to be unhappy. There's there's very few to be happy. Right. Right. And so they, 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 he applies that to societies and says there, there are things that almost guarantee success in societies and there's millions of ways your society could fail. And I thought that was very interesting. And so when he's qualifying why the Euro Asian societies come to dominate the world, he talks about why that is possible, what they had that the other societies didn't. But then he he's like he breaks down and fractures all the other societies. Like they they failed for so many different reasons. And when we say fail, you know, obviously we're not making a moral judgment. They're not bad people, but like they don't exist anymore for some reason, you know. And so that was the crux of it. I'll I'll um I'll I'll give you a few of the the um the reasons that he lays out and um and you can tell me. Uh well actually let's do the um um uh the title of the book guns germs and steel and 
we're already running weight. You can, you can go on. My, my book won't take as long. So we, we can, we can go a little deeper if you need to. Well, well, obviously we'll talk about, um, there were two things that I thought was interesting and I'm going to end up probably convincing somebody to read this book, even though I'm not telling you to read this book, but things that I thought was interesting was he says that one of the reasons that, that Europe specifically, the countries in Europe come to dominate, when we say dominate, we're talking about colonize, like they go and they put their flag on a place and they right. subjugate the people. Why were they able to do that? Why were they able to explore and discover? And, uh, I thought this was a brilliant point. I never even considered this. He says the, the fractured states of Europe actually was a strength for um, the adventuring spirit, the, the, the people that circumnavigated, uh, circumnavigated the world and stuff, because you, you didn't have to, you, what, there wasn't one person telling people what they could do. It was, uh, Columbus went to like four different empires before he made his trip and got the financing to go. Which, you know, it, you know the, the irony, you know, Columbus was an Italian right. who claimed the new territories for Spain. Right, right. That would not have happened in China because the, if the Chinese, you know, king or whatever you'd call him at the time, um, if he said no, there's no. And that was something actually I learned in one of the Rodney Stark books. I think it was how the West One book that I've reviewed on this podcast was that there was a time, and I think we talked about it on the podcast, where there were Chinese sailors that were sailing the, the globe before all the European um, adventurers. And, and like they were bringing back exotic am- animals from like Africa. And th- when, when, the ch- the, when the Chinese government was like, this is dangerous. We're going to bring back, you know, war. We're going to bring water. Right. And they burnt all the ships. And so the host, the hostile position to, of, of like circumnavigating the planet set them back when you've got other, and, and it was like a hundred years later before, right. you know, the Europeans and, started and, doing and, it, but and, it was because the, the, it was a fractured state. There wasn't one person on the top, like a despot or a tyrant saying, no, there was like three or four. It's like, well, you can't do it over here. You can go, Hey, come over here. It's like free right. agency, you know? Well, you know, it, you know, we see some of that today. Uh, you know, you know, might as well go ahead and be political on the podcast. Right. Today. We see this today with with uh, COVID response, right? In states, go to Florida. Yes, right. I mean, exactly. Or go to Texas and leave California. You right. Know, which we see and, that. But but what you what you've got with with you know the federalist system that we have in the United States, you have different states that can basically be laboratories. Right. You know, you can. It, we you know if if we had been one nation that just and they locked everything down. Right. We had a king. And 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 we wouldn't know if if that worked or not. Right. We we would just be where we were. But but we can see that Florida, you know, didn't lock down. They they don't have the mandates. They're, you know, basically, you know, uh, embracing freedom. And their results are as good or better right, than right places now. that are that are locking down. And yeah. so so then you can see that, well, maybe the lockdowns isn't the answer. Maybe that's not right. what we need to do the next time. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with that. And also it kind of, the light kind of came on in my head. It's like, man, obviously we're Christians. We're spiritual. We don't spiritualize that. We have unity, 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 unity. I believe in unity in the church. We should have unity. But it also right there shows you the strength of some disunity. You know, it shows like some strength. I'm like, hey, let's uh, let's have some competing ideas here. It's almost like the free market of ideas. Like, right. you know, put them out there and let's see. And then like if Spain wants to, you know, and Spain got rich. You know, or, or, you know, obviously they lost a lot with the cost of wars and stuff like that. I'm not saying it was a, you know, they, they spoiled the planet or anything like that. But I mean, their 
great risk, you know, great reward sometimes. And so the other thing, uh, we'll just go a little bit longer. The other thing I would say, I thought this is interesting when it comes to the germs thing. Obviously, we talk about guns and, and steel and, and the technology and stuff like that. Let me talk about the germs thing uh, before we get off the, the subject of this book. So I thought this was interesting. We think of Native Americans um, as you know, riding horses, being proficient with bow and arrows right. on horseback and stuff like that, because we think in our imagery, cowboys and Indians, <laughs> they weren't, they weren't riding horses until Americans showed well, up, or well, I shouldn't say Americans, well, Europeans showed well, up. Horses aren't native to North America. Right, right. And so you've got, you've got Europeans showing up who have had, have domesticated this. And so there's several things right there. They, they're, they're have military might because they're on horses. Like the transportation, you know, like the fact that they can get to A point A to point B faster. You got all these these things, but one of the 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 understated uh, advantages was that for centuries Europeans had been domesticating animals and picking up their diseases and getting inoculated against those diseases. Right. And so when you show up, when Europeans show up to the Americas, and you've got. 20 million Native Americans, we're talking about in a short amount of time, 95% of them are gone. And it's not because of genocide by battle, although there were some of that. Obviously, there was some of that, but it was disease that got them. And it wasn't like most people think, oh, there's smallpox blankets. They were trying to kill them out. No, they were exposing them to animals and they were exposing them to human germs who have been cross, you know, pollinating with animal germs, kind of like, you know, what you can get, you know, with some weird flu. But the fact that they had never been exposed to it, dude, to wipe them off. So that's another, the germ factor. It's like the fact that Europeans were so uh, accustomed to those, right. those germs was a, is a huge game changer. And so it, again, interesting information. I'm not saying it's worth the read. If you, if you're interested in that type of stuff, it's a good accounting of it and he makes some great arguments, but I just didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. All right. What do you have for us? Uh, so the book I want to talk about today, and where are we at on time right now? We're at 24 minutes. Oh, yeah. But good. we can do at least oh, five, oh, ten yeah. minutes. We on got this. this. We got this. Yeah. Okay. So the book I was going to talk about was a book called Mistakes Were Made, But Not By Me. <laughs> so this is autobiographical work by James Yes, Crocker. yes. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, sub, the subtitle is Why We Justify Foolish Beliefs, Bad Decisions, and Hurtful Acts. Uh, it's written by a couple of... Uh, social scientists Carol Tavris and Elliot Aronson. So again, this is you know this your will. This this is my genre. You know, right. I, I like these social science books, and and the the main topic of this book uh, is kind of right there in the title is self justification, and basically how we once we make a decision or once we do an action, our mind will do these kind of mental gymnastics to justify it after the fact, right? And, and, and how we will, you know, it, because there's, there's a concept in, in social science of cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with, with, with cognitive dissonance? Right. It's like holding two contrary beliefs in your head at the same time. Right. Right. And so, so what happens is when we do something, we do, let's say we, we make a bad decision or we do something that, that might be considered, uh, unethical or immoral or something like that. And then... So in our mind, we know that we've made a bad decision. We know we've done something wrong, but at the same time, we feel like we're a good person. Right. And and so we've got that that dissonance there. So we've got that that distance between the action that we did and who we believe that we are. And so what our mind does is it justifies the action. So I know I'm a good person. That's a bad thing. 
why did I do that bad thing? And so we begin to come up with some kind, we manufacture a reason after the right. fact. We need a narrative to yes, make we, it make sense. We make a narrative. Right. And and so this that that's the self-justification. And, and it's kind of so, like a callback to um, the happiness hypothesis where the, when the, the elephant and the rider, and when the elephant tramples across something, the, the rider gets down and <laughs> serves as an advocate for the elephant. You remember, even though I he mean, was like yes. trying to get him not to do that. But as soon as he's attacked, he gets off and he, he enters the, you know, the argument It's like, oh, let me tell you why this elephant did this. You know, it sounds, it sounds basically and, and, like And that. so, you know, even a lot of times with our memories, you know, we remember things, you know, we, our, our, our memory doesn't work like a recording. Like it's not like a video camera that's recording. And so when we remember an event, we're not remembering the event. I don't know if you, if you knew this about right. how yes, the brain false works. Memories. Yeah. You are remembering the last time you remember the event. Right. And so like every time it's, it's like, you know, to put a computer analogy with it, it's like every time you open the file, you overwrite the file. Right. And so what what we will do if we're not careful is we'll self-justify and we will we will misremember things that puts us in a better light. Oh yeah. And uh because you know we always we don't have the benefit of being in other people's heads. Right. So usually when when somebody else does something bad then then we will label them we'll say well they did that cuz that's how they are. They did that because you know they're a bad person or they you know all of that but when if we do something bad then you know well you know I had to do that because of this or because of that. And, and we began to self-justify and that's just kind of where this is going. And, and they give a lot of different examples. They talk about how politicians, uh, they, they do go into the political aspect and talk about how, you know, politicians don't come into office. Uh, most of the time don't come into office thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to be a corrupt politician. Right. You know, they come in thinking I'm going to make a difference and, and I'm going to do this. And, and how do they become corrupt? Well, they become corrupt, you know, one meal at a time with right. a lobbyist, you know, and then once they've, you know, taken that first, you know, the lobbyist has bought that first meal for them, you know, well, then they think, well, you know, he's bought me a meal, you know, I, I can listen to, I at least can listen to what he has to say. And then, and then, so it just goes from there. And, and, and the analogy that they talk about, it's like a pyramid. And so you start off at the top of the pyramid, you know, where your beliefs and your actions are aligned with each other. And so then you take one action that is away from your belief of I can yourself. I see where this is going right now. And then and you slide down the pyramid. Right. Eventually, you, and then eventually just you just get separate. further and further away. And and the only way that you can can make sense is you have to be, you start self justifying, or you 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 come to a point where you have that breakdown, where that cognitive distance has to break down, and you realize I'm not who I think I am. Right. You know, my actions aren't aligning with my, with my self-image. And so, you know, I thought it was, it was a pretty interesting book. Um, Is it worth the read? Here's the thing. <laughs> so this book was originally published in 2014. Yeah. And if you can find the 2014 version. Get the first edition. Get the first edition. I think it's great. Yeah. It, it was a good book. It had, you know, some things that really make you think, really make you evaluate the way you look at the world, the way you think about things. But they re... They, they put out a new edition, an updated edition, in 2018 or 2019. So, mm, let me see what happened mm. between now and then. So it's probably going to be political. So they added a, a chapter at the end specifically dedicated to Donald Trump. Of course they did. Of course they did. <laughs> and, and so yeah. So listening to the audiobook version, it was an hour and a half of partisan political hackery. Right. 
And and when when that stuff gets added in, if so, if you're doing social science and you've got data and you got all this stuff, and and I read something recently that was very similar to this, it was almost as if these academic, intelligent people that have have are making great points or can make great points have the ability to um, think in the abstract and do all these things, and when they get into the places like politics or religion and some of these books that I've read like the, like it, their mask falls off and you see it's like man I really was hoping you would be this person because I want to believe what you said about all that other stuff and when they interject those things and it's not that either one of us are like huge MAGA flag waving right. you know it's just like but if if you can be that uh, deranged or that um, off balance you know or you know I don't know how to how to even say that, but but when 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 the mask falls off that to me it ruins even the good points they've made because it's like okay, like how do I know that you're not you know, you know slanted right. you know to it, me the the irony of that last chapter in the book was they spent the whole book talking about you know self justification self justification <laughs> and then they spent the whole last chapter you know pr- basically virtue signaling right right about you know why their political point of view was correct. Right. And it's like, why does that even like, why does it matter? Like, why don't, why do we have to, and this is one of the things that drives me crazy about our current political climate. And of course I talk about a lot of my show is that, is there nothing that's, that's left that politics have not just poisoned? It's like, man, we can't, can't watch sports. <laughs> you can't you can watch an award show. You can't enjoy a movie and you can't even read books about social science <laughs> without, you know, that's, so is that, is that where you got off the boat? Well, you know, I finished the book. Yeah. I, I, I did make it through. Um, I thought they made some good points, but like, you know, I don't know. You know, if, if you like, you know, some bashing of the old Trumpster on there, go ahead. Listen. Right. But you know, I, I would I would say the book would be a pass. Other than that, I, I didn't think it's it's good outweighed the the extra chapter they added to the end of it. Yeah, well, that's a good assessment of that. It's a very interesting interesting concept. I like the idea. I like. Uh, I'm trying to remember when um, cognitive dissonance entered my psyche as far as like my awareness of it. It was it was probably a political issue, um, and we see that a lot with politicians that you know advocate for certain things and and do this. Like, okay, well, that's. It's, it's, you know, what do you call it? Self-refuting. It's like, no, that's not, you can't, you can't be both or you can't do right. that both. And, and I, uh, and, and I shouldn't throw off all on politicians. Same thing with spiritually speaking, you know, sometimes we, we, uh, we get involved in that in our, our spiritual lives. I think brother J.H. Osborne, you remember that Let's Talk, which is funny. I think it's the second episode we've referenced a Let's Talk, but you remember him talking about, uh, having two worlds. Yes, when worlds collide. I when think worlds was, collide, yeah. man, that was so good. And he got caught with both worlds out at the same time or something like that. Yeah. And he had those globes. I'll never forget it. Man, that was good. That's a, All right, you want to take us home? Want to take us out? All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, we'd like to ask you to go on Apple Podcasts on Spotify. Leave us a review, a five-star review, preferably. That helps us with the algorithm, get us in front of some more ears and help us grow the podcast a little bit. Um, <clears throat> you can also connect with us on Twitter. Both of us are, are on Twitter. We'll put our Twitter handles there in the, the bio. And, uh, Kenny, anything else before we punch out today? 
I'm, I'm glad we're back in the swing of things. Be looking forward to, after this episode post, I think the next couple episodes, we're going to do some year-end stuff. So be looking forward to those episodes. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do some, uh, we'll probably try to do our best of the years uh, in a couple categories and maybe talk about the, maybe we'll do some worst of the years. You oh, know? yeah. I'll be getting my list ready. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Thank you guys for listening. We'll, we'll check in next time.